This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted in 2016 Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. (laughs) You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now, why was it So let's let's be really clear. That... That comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have How been, I have ridiculous? been, well, you're asking me, you're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it was Wait, ridiculous. I was, I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the, what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. How you doing, people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's September 7th, 2022. And that was noted black lesbian press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, exercising the one privilege that actually does exist in the United States, Democrat privilege. Because when you're a Democrat, you can claim that elections are fixed. You can claim that violence is not violence, all of those things, and you can get away with it. Uh, And we thought that would just be a fun little way to start the show today because it sort of sets the theme that I want to talk about today, uh, which really is about censorship. Because, uh, you know, we can do the day-to-day stuff. We can open up the uh, computer machine in our pocket every day and and pick the stories for the day and figure out what's important to talk about and all of those things. Uh, But without being able to see what's really going on, uh, it can get very difficult to do that. And it's very obvious that it's getting harder and harder to see what actually is going on, whether it is media outright lies related to, say, Brett Kavanaugh is a serial uh, rapist, or Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist, or the Jesse Smollett hoax, or very fine people on both sides, or the Hunter Biden laptop, whether we see it or we don't, or the vaccines are going to stop COVID, all of the stuff that we know either is not true or is half true or they promote or they suppress, uh, it all sits on this sort of uh, this table, basically, of whether or not we can see things. And it seems like at this point we are being censored in in crazy ways. I can tell you, and this is why I want to do the show this way uh, today, is that it's very, very obvious that all of my accounts are being hit big time right now. Twitter is just absolutely useless. I'm being shadow banded to oblivion. I post and I can actually watch people's comments disappear when they respond to me. Uh, YouTube, I am being told constantly by people and in the comment section that if you are subscribed and you have the notification bell clicked, you are not seeing our videos. Uh, We know that the recommended videos are sending you to all sorts of things. If you search my name, it sends you to videos of people that hate me, all kinds of crazy stuff. And this is just, it just is what it is. I'm actually not doing this show today to complain about this stuff. I'm doing this show to point out a problem and then go to where the solutions are. And I think that there actually are solutions. So what really inspired this show was that a couple days ago, uh, my buddy uh, Brian Callen, 
uh, was on Joe Rogan's show, and they started talking about what's going on with some of the censorship stuff. And obviously, Rogan has been right in the middle of the censorship censorship fight. Uh, and they started talking about Rumble. So uh, let's take a look. I would I would go over there though, bring everything if if, if they got big enough. I think they I think because uh, they offer Tim Dillon too, right? They're, I think they're doing something with Russell Brand, or they're trying to. What is Rumble? Who started it? I love Russell Brand. I'm not exactly who started it. Um, uh, not exactly sure. I know Dave Rubin's a part of it, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know exactly oh, who we started it. Coming, he's coming no, on the podcast. They're, they're, they're starting to do some stuff where they're getting bigger and bigger names. And if they do that and it becomes popular enough and they can operate the way they're doing it right now with no censorship, mm -hmm. it's very, it's a very interesting. It's so quick. Yeah. Like Rumble I, I, overnight yeah. could be. I would move. Yeah. I mean, Just you know, pull. yeah, overnight. I have eight shows. You know, not bad. I, I would move all my shit there if it, if it was worth it. I think you move, move. Just have another. Have it there too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, the problem is, it's like it's not widespread with a lot of people yet. But if someone big went over there, like Correct. think about it, how many people Russell Brand has. If Russell Brand, I think he's got like six million YouTube followers now. If he goes over there. I mean, he's he's already giant. On Starts YouTube, an influx, and he goes over there, and everyone knows, and they just go to Rumble. It's just a different click you have to do. Yeah, it's exactly. not that big a deal. People aren't like loyal to YouTube. Yeah. Like They're if, not loyal. If Rumble, Rumble is basically like YouTube, but they don't censor, censor. people, and they don't cancel. That's people. what I need. Is that all it is? It's essentially I, they're 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 committed to having a free speech platform. The mm -hmm. problem with that is. When people hear that, they go, oh, right wing. Oh, you're a MAGA supporter. No. They'll like, immediately think that. No. You're right. But no, Tulsi Gabbard's over there. Glenn Greenwald is over there. Dude. Okay, so Rogan basically captures what's going on here. I did not show that because he mentions me. I'm not even totally sure if he is aware of exactly what I've done with Rumble. Obviously, I started Locals, which merged with Rumble. And we are fighting for free speech. When I, when I sat down and had a bunch of the meetings, uh, when me and the Locals people sat down and had the meetings, uh, with Chris, who's the CEO of Rumble, and we discussed whether we could do this and why it would make sense and what the risks would be. Uh, and obviously, Dan Bongino is well is big in in the Rumble world as well. And we sat down with all these guys, and what were our policies around speech going to be and all of these things? We basically said it was going to be a neutral platform, and that was the purpose of why we did the merger and how uh, that's our philosophy related to uh, free speech and what people can and can't say. Uh, right, you can't you can't uh, threaten to kill somebody. You got a bigger problem than Rumble or YouTube or anything else. You got a problem with the laws of the United States. Anyway, it is good to see that people are starting to realize, right? Like Joe Rogan, if he's anything, he's sort of like the voice of the people, right? Like I don't think he garners himself or he furnishes himself as like an expert in anything particularly, maybe in MMA fighting. But he's sort of like the voice of the people. And the people are realizing the censorship stuff is crashing down. He also said something interesting there at the end that whenever you do something that is standing up for free speech or whenever you defend the people who are being canceled, you're automatically called right wing. I was glad to hear him say that Tulsi Gabbard's on there and Glenn Greenwald and people who clearly are not right. Now, why did this whole thing pop up on Rogan's radar? Well, a guy by the name of Andrew Tate who I had never heard of until a couple weeks ago. He's a big uh, British kickboxer uh, who has sort of become like a, I don't know, like a bit of a younger, this is gonna be a crazy comparison at some level, but like a younger Jordan Peterson in that he's talking to young men about getting their lives in order. Uh, he's garnered millions and millions of views. He's huge across everything. Well, basically about two weeks ago, he was canceled everywhere. YouTube took him out, Facebook took him out, Instagram took him out, TikTok took him out. Everyone took this guy out. And of course, when they do a coordinated assassination like that, you know something's up. 
It's like, is this guy really a hater? Is he teaching people to hate women? Is he teaching people to be terrorists or be really mean or anything like that? Or is he possibly just saying something about, maybe about personal responsibility, that kind of stuff. That's usually what'll get you canceled these days. Well, anyway, Andrew Tate, he was canceled on all of these things. Uh, and he went on Tucker Carlson about a week ago to discuss his banning. Andrew Tate is a former kickboxer who's built up a truly enormous following on social media. Until a couple months ago, we'd never heard of him. And then the other day, virtually every tech company on the planet banned him. Not just his presence, but also his ability to conduct business on the internet. He was taken off Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all of it. Then they started telling you that not only was he not allowed to talk, but that you weren't allowed to like him because he was an incredibly bad person. I don't really feel like I've exposed anything. Like I'm truly not a very political person. This is the first time someone's experienced this level of ban. I'm not particularly right wing. I don't vote. I mean, I obviously have my own personal views, but they didn't ban me for that. Um, they banned me simply because I had large swaths of the population agreeing to very traditional masculine values, teenage men and young, and young men, 20, 30, 22, 23, 24, were looking up to me and aspiring to be like me. I have a very traditionally masculine life. I have fast cars and a big house and, and a lot of money and a beautiful girlfriend. And they thought they thought this was very, very threatening. And for some reason, they decided that it's better if they annihilate me from the internet and replace me with somebody who's more aligned with whatever they're trying to purport. Okay, so what's super interesting about this, and I would welcome you to Google this guy and try to find out what his crazy dangerous, evil views are, is you can tell even just in that, you know, 30 seconds that he's talking there, this guy is not a hater. He, he's somebody that's living his life. Uh, he is proud of how he lives. He believes that men are men, women are women, that personal responsibility means something, that success is not evil. And then the way they do the coordinated assassination. Now you remember the coordinated assassination, this is what they did to Alex Jones, this is what they did to Donald Trump, when it's not like, oh, Instagram just has an internal meeting and they're like, okay, we're gonna get rid of them. But they all figure out a way to do it within days. And not only can they do it to people, but of course they can also do it to websites. Remember Parler? Uh, so we know that this sort of thing happens. And I, this morning, as I was doing cardio, I was Googling, Andrew Tate trying to find all the hateful things that he said, and I couldn't find it. So it's interesting because now this guy has become sort of the center of the firestorm. He's got Rogan talking about it now. He's got everybody talking about, well, what's going on here? What are the views that you're not allowed to have on these big tech platforms? Well, here are some of his views. Tell us what your message is to young men. Yeah, so I think that being a man is very, very difficult. I think that men's issues are largely overlooked. The people in charge of the world pretend to care, but when somebody who's champion, championing, championing men's issues like myself comes forward and finally manages to garner huge percentiles of the public support, I'm silenced. So they're not really interested in men's issues. And there's a lot of young men growing up today that feel very disaffected. They feel invisible. The agendas that are being forced down their throats are not agendas they align with or they feel affinity to or agendas they want. And I basically just say to men, look, it's a very hard life. You're gonna need to get up, work hard, go to the gym, strong body is a strong mind. You're gonna have to reject listening blindly to everything you're told, reject the slave mind, think for yourself, get a strong network of brothers, work aside them. Don't tolerate low quality people in your life which means don't tolerate men who just smoke drugs and play video games or men who are disloyal or dishonest. 
by extension, don't tolerate women or girlfriends who are disloyal or dishonest, and try and build and create a reality full of high-quality people in which you can resist the programming that the Matrix tries to infl uh, influence you with, and grow up truly. Man, does some of that sound kind of familiar, kind of Jordan Peterson-y, kind of obvious, like live an honest life, take care of yourself, realize that it's hard out there, but it's on you to figure things out. And in some ways, that is the scariest message to the machine. The machine wants you compromised and fat and watching porn all the time and eating unhealthy and not doing anything for yourself and constantly needing more of it. So the message of self-empowerment, whether you're empowering men or women, uh, is the most dangerous thing. That is the most dangerous thing for the people that want to control you. And if you thought that some of that uh, about, about men and the importance of men is, uh, is sort of familiar. We have had this video waiting. I saw this on Instagram a couple months back and I sent it to Phoenix and I said, there is gonna be a day when this video is going to fit perfectly in this, in this show. I wanna find that day, it's just gonna present itself. Well, today is the day. Here is a, an incredible side-by-side -side of uh, Jordan Peterson being asked about the importance of men and whether, whether it's easy to be a man or not. It's okay to be a man. It's not okay. It's necessary. What the hell are we going to do without men? You look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up. These men, they're doing impossible things. They're under the streets, working on the sewers. They're up on the power lines in the storms and the, and the rain. They're keeping this impossible infrastructure functioning. This thing that works in a miraculous manner. They work themselves to death. And often literally, and the gratitude for that is sorely lacking, especially among the people who should be most grateful, failing to understand entirely that there's a massive infrastructure of unbelievably hardworking, solidly laboring, working class men breaking themselves in half on a regular basis, making sure that everything that always breaks works. And so a little gratitude for that is in order. Pretty good. Pretty good. You think that that guy who's got the cockroaches climbing all over him, God only knows what kind of toxins he's breathing in and has been doing that probably for years and years. You think he's got male privilege, white male privilege, white Christian male privilege, or is he just a guy trying to survive? Uh, it actually reminded me of something while I was off the grid. Uh, we were doing some construction at the house and we had a problem with the septic tank and I called this company and a guy shows up at the door uh, probably uh, maybe a few years older than me, he was literally, and I mean literally, covered in feces. The guy's job is to get into the septic tank. He climbs into your septic tank. Do you know what a septic tank is? I mean, it's basically all of the, all of the poop and all of the stuff of your house. Uh, he climbs in them and he cleans them out. And this guy, he comes, he, I mean, it was all over his glasses. It was in his hair. He had just come from a job. The guy couldn't have possibly been nicer with a smile on his face saying, heard you just had a kid, congratulations, blah, 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 how can I help you? Um, and it's like, man, this is, these are the people that we're being told are the worst people in society. And it seems to me that uh, Andrew Tate's message, which is pretty similar to Jordan Peterson's message, which is, which is just similar to a message that is an obvious truth that we all knew, that life is hard, that you should take responsibility for yourself. Imagine taking care of yourself. How, what, what a crazy idea. Imagine surrounding yourself with good, honest people. 
Now it's funny because as you guys know, and we do this every day, it's like we're around politicians and media people who lie to us every day. So what would scare them the most? It's obvious and it's the truth, right? So where, where I wanna link this to, back to the censorship thing, uh, is that uh, Jordan, I just played that video with Jordan, he's been getting censored for a long time. You guys all know about the Twitter thing and much more, uh, but now something that he's been warning against for years, compelled language related to pronouns, is actually putting a teacher in jail in Ireland. Like it's actually happening. He was warning about it six years ago. Everyone said he's a crackpot, you know, blah, blah, blah. Turns out actually the truth. Uh, before we get to that, let me talk about Raycon real quick. You know, lately I've been listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac and that Jordan Peterson guy and a lot of Yacht Rock. And it's been great. One reason it's been great, well, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons offer three sound profiles to match what you're listening to, plus noise isolation and awareness mode so you can choose to be immersed in sound or able to hear your surroundings when you need to. I love using my Raycons when I'm walking my dog Clyde on walks in the iguana-infested neighborhoods of Miami. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life, and when you need a charge, it's super easy and you can do it wirelessly. Plus, this is a huge selling point with Raycons. You get the same quality audio as other premium audio brands, but at half the price, yes, it's true. I've seen people talking about their Raycons falling three stories, getting lost in rain and snowstorms, and still working afterwards. That must be why they have over 49,000 five-star reviews. Check out Raycon's wireless earbuds. My guess is that you're gonna wanna leave them a five-star review too. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ruben today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash Ruben to get 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so let's, uh, let's continue on the theme here. How is it that saying basic truths has now become not only dangerous, but something worthy of canceling people. Well, you may remember a couple months ago, before I was off the grid, uh, Jordan Peterson was suspended on Twitter. He has been permanently banned on Twitter. He ain't on the Twitter anymore, God bless him, uh, because he said something about what was known as Ellen Page. She was an actress in X-Men, I thought she was pretty good. She was in a couple other movies. What was she? she was in Juno, she was in Inception. She was a pretty good actress. Now she is Elliot Page and she transitioned, I suppose, and you must refer to her with her pronouns or you will be demolished and destroyed. Anyway, Jordan had a tweet about her, he got banned. I screenshot that thing, I then got banned. I'm back, he's gone, okay, there you go. But Jordan is not taking it lying down. He put up a spectacular video yesterday. He's back on tour in Europe right now but he put this up, I think it's just in the last few hours, uh, talking directly to Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal. Take a look at this portion. I was banned from your platform without anything other than a generic and self-serving low resolution explanation. Two, that my appeal of that ban was ignored, even though my repetition of the aforesaid behavior was noted, and acted upon within hours, if not minutes. Three, that your company's reasons for banning and manipulating or regulating the behavior of your users are utterly opaque, ineffectual, and self-contradictory. Four, that your own security personnel and potential investors or even purchasers of your company 
have been properly scared off by the chaos that reigns under your authority. Five, that you take to yourself the moral propriety necessary to continue censoring a former president of the United States, even as a critical election approaches, without knowing at all whether or not you are making even the situation under him that you object to worse instead of better, and have absolutely no reliable data pertaining to that possibility. And finally, six, that your careless, censorious behavior and enabling of the anonymous Machiavellian narcissists and psychopaths who inhabit the Twitter troll underworld is warping and dementing the entire domain of public discourse. Hey, what you mean? Say it clearly. Pretty good, Jordan Peterson. Uh, so that is, in essence, it's an open letter to the Twitter CEO. Now, the Twitter CEO, of course, will not respond. Uh, we also know that Twitter is now in this legal fight with Elon Musk over they are now trying to force him to buy the thing, right? Remember, at first, they didn't want to buy the thing. They were going to take this poison pill. The board was really afraid that he was going to buy it and create a free speech zone. So they were going to, in essence, destroy the entire company. Then enough of the shareholders were like, whoa, 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 whoa. When the world's richest man wants to buy the company at a premium price, we're, we want to sell. So then they decided to sell. Then Elon basically was like, okay, well, I just need to look at some numbers here. And does this all make sense? And how many bots are here? And is this whole thing fake? I mean, I am buying a business here. Uh, and now he found out that a whole bunch of it's fake. There are, there are uh, analysts, data analysts, that believe that up to 80%, 80% of the Twitter traction might be fake. Elon was willing to say, I'll buy it at 5% fake, uh, but 80% is a bridge too far. But anyway, uh, the, the Twitter CEO obviously is not going to respond to this. And isn't it interesting? I, I, I often think about this. You know, we're all on, let's say, Twitter or you use Gmail or you're on Facebook or whatever. You can't get anyone from these companies on the phone. Have any of you guys ever gotten anyone from these companies on the phone, spoke to anyone at these companies? Isn't that interesting? Like, would you buy a car from a company that you could never speak to someone on the phone? Maybe you could get an emailed response, but usually you just get a form letter. Maybe you could get a robot in a chat. But yet we all go on Gmail. We all have the suite of Google products, run our businesses on these things. And there is literally nobody to talk to at these companies. Do you think something strange is going on here? Well, in any event, Jordan is still fighting and you must still fight. And we, well, I don't, I don't like making these things about me, but I am somewhat in the, in the center of these things. So in case you forgot, I was then suspended because I defended Jordan. All I did was actually screenshot what he was defended for. Here's a little bit recapping that uh, before we get to what's going on today now. Uh, conservative pundit Dave Rubin revealed that he'd been suspended from Twitter for merely tweeting news about famed Canadian psychology professor and philosopher Jordan Peterson's own suspension from Twitter. In the statement, Rubin wrote, I have been suspended by Twitter for posting a screenshot of Jordan Peterson's tweet, which got he himself suspended. While it is unclear how I broke their terms of service, he continued, it is clear that they are breaking their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders by letting a bunch of woke activists run the company. Rubin's offending tweet from June 29th read, the insanity continues at Twitter. Jordan Peterson has been suspended for this tweet about Ellen Page. He just told me he will never delete the tweet. Rubin added, paging Elon Musk to the end of his tweet, hoping, uh, hoping to get the attention of the billionaire CEO who's seeking to buy Twitter and reorganize the company to better protect free 
speech. Okay, so why am I doing all this? Why am I recapping this? It's not just so I can read my own tweets again. Uh, what is happening in the world right now, we all know it. We all know that there, as Jordan just uh, mentioned, there are midterm elections coming. They've still got Trump booted off Twitter. They have no idea what the ramifications all of, the, of those things are. We know that Zuckerberg admitted that the administration and the intelligence services contacted him before the last election to say that there was something crazy going on and they should maybe suppress some things and then they suppress the laptop story and all of these things. So this has all been going on. But guess what? There were some people warning about this for a long time. And I'm actually proud to say that I was one of the people warning about it, but I, I certainly wasn't the first. And perhaps censorship at this level, even before big tech was involved, has been going on all time, right? From the printing press forward, it possibly it's been happening. Now I want to flash to something. This was a real time warp when we watched this thing this morning. Uh, this is my first ever interview with Jordan Peterson in November of 2016. I did not even have a studio yet. I was just, we, I had just moved into my new house. We were about to build the studio. I didn't even know who Jordan Peterson was really. We had a very shaky internet because we had just moved in. A bunch of people online kept saying, you know, there's this guy, Jordan Peterson, and he's super interesting and he's fighting this government censorship in Canada and it's about gender ideology. And I thought, okay, let's just talk to him. There was this Bill C-16 thing coming and it was like, all right, what, what is going on here? Let me talk to this guy. Uh, and do you think perhaps that Jordan was warning about things that now are coming true? Six years ago, take a look. So for people that don't know your story, what has sort of put you in the news over the last couple of months, uh, it's actually quite astounding because you are in Canada, which is a place that has a strong tradition of free speech. So for people that have no idea what's going on with you, uh, can you just lay out the, the basics of what's transpired over the last couple of months? Yeah, well, there's, a, there's some new legislation that's pending at the federal level called Bill C-16. And Bill C-16, adds gender identity and gender expression to the list of protected categories under the Canadian Human Rights Code, Canadian Human Rights Act, and uh, also adds transgressions against those categories, people who are in those categories, uh, to the hate speech provisions of the criminal code. So it's, it's very, very punitive legislation. And that in itself is, is, is somewhat appalling, although it's not obvious why. But there's similar legislation already in many provinces in Canada, which is equivalent to the state level. And uh, the, the, there's a requirement that, that originated in Ontario for people to use preferred, what, they're, what are called preferred pronouns to address someone. And as far as I can tell, by reading over the legislation, failure to use someone's preferred pronouns is now a hate crime in Canada. Okay, so six years ago, Jordan was warning that Canada was pushing this bill, C-16, and that people could potentially be fined or jailed uh, because they did not use someone's preferred pronoun. Now, we know in the last six years, the he, she, they, them, zer, all of this nonsense has burst forth everywhere. Corporations are forcing people to put their pronouns in things. If you misgender someone, you'll be canceled or kicked off big tech, blah, blah, blah. But when he was warning about that, and I even remember uh, in, that, in that conversation that we were having, I remember thinking like, this, this is all overblown. Like this isn't gonna be something that's gonna really turn into something. And I quickly realized that that wasn't the case. Uh, but now uh, a teacher in Ireland is in jail for misgendering, Ireland a Western country in Europe, right? 
a country that is supposed to be based in freedom and have free speech, some of the stuff we have here. Well, the warning that Jordan was making about Canada, it is now happening in the West. And if you think that it's gonna stop in Ireland, uh, well, I got a bridge to sell you. So we have much more on that in just a second. Let me talk to you about real estate agents I trust. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do. And it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, which is a ton of responsibility. And you need an agent who takes that seriously, which is why I recommend real estate agents I trust. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework, talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one. They only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the introduction, then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents they work with have long track records, are the best sellers in their field. They're part of this audience. They share your values and they're almost anywhere you wanna go. Just go over to realestateagentsitrust.com today and provide them with some information. Their team will contact you to make an introduction to their preferred agent in your town. You move to Florida, you live happily ever after. Okay, there you go. So, six years ago, Jordan Peterson is warning about Bill C-16. He is warning that governments are going to compel speech, meaning punish you if you don't use speech, if you don't use words and terms that they want you to use. So we, you guys know all about the big tech version of this, but now Western governments are doing this as well. Here is an incredible story coming out of Ireland. We've got some info from the Daily Mail. Uh, a teacher who refused to use gender neutral pronouns for a transgender student has been sent to Mountjoy Prison for contempt of court. Enoch Burke was arrested yesterday morning for breaching a court order not to teach at his Westmeath school or be physically present there. After Judge Michael Quinn made his ruling, Mr. Burke said, it is insanity that I will be led from this courtroom to a place of incarceration, but I will not give up my Christian beliefs. Counsel for Wilson's Hospital School's Board of Management said it was with a heavy heart that it sought Mr. Burke's committal to prison, but she said her client had been left with no choice as Mr. Burke continued to attend the school despite the court order which it had obtained last week. The dispute began over his refusal to address a transitioning student as they rather than he, as requested by the student and their parents in May, and agreed to by the Church of Ireland School. This escalated to his suspension on the day before the start of the autumn term, pending the outcome of a disciplinary process. He had refused to remain away from the school on paid leave for that suspension, the court heard, and would sit in an empty classroom declaring that he was there to work. Okay, so it is happening. It is happening. Where are the free speech activists on the left? Where is the ACLU? Where are those good liberals who should be screaming about, screaming about this? There is a man in jail in Ireland because he refused to use someone's pronouns. And there will be people in jail in Canada because they refuse to do it. And guess what? They will try to figure out a way to do it here in the United States. Thank God for that First Amendment. Although I have no doubt that the blue states like Cali and New York will figure out ways to, to trample on that. Uh, but what do we have to do? What do we have to do if we're here in the United States? Well, we really have to expose this nonsense as it's coming. I wanted to show you a video that we showed you once a couple months back. Uh, this is Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky calling out uh, DHS Secretary Alexander Mayorkas uh, on his federal government 
big tech disinformation board. Remember this? They were going to have a disinformation board, uh, which quickly fell apart because enough of us fought against it. And then, of course, uh, the people who were in charge of the disinformation board said that we were sharing disinformation about them, yada, yada, yada. But Rand Paul has been leading on this, uh, that the government should not have these organizations because it in itself is an affront to free speech. How do you propose that you're going to have an office of disinformation governance if you see the problem in even determining what is disinformation? Oh, Senator, because um, our work is not um, focused on disinformation writ large. Where we, the Department of Homeland Security, become involved is when there's a connectivity between disinformation and threats to the security of the homeland. Let me well, that's what well, the Russians and, might be considered that. And, you mentioned the Russians the other day when you tried to pivot away from this being about censorship. Through social media. And what we do through U.S. Customs and Border Protection is actually communicate via social media and other channels that that is false, that we do apply Title 42. So let's say there's Russian disinformation as well. Are you going to take to social media and broadcast that people are broadcasting something incorrect about what do you think is Russian disinformation? Uh, Senator, let me emphasize... Well, you said the other day Russians, and now you're saying not so much the Russians, you're saying the cartels. No, I'm not. No, I'm not, Senator. You're, you're mischaracterizing well, my statement. Then what are you going to do if there's Russian disinformation? You're going to broadcast me, something on social media? Okay, so do you see the package that we're putting together here? Big tech apparently doesn't want you talking about personal responsibility and understanding that it is your life and you have some autonomy over it. The government seemingly doesn't want you to be able to say what you think about what's going on in politics. They want to be able to have boards of disinformation. I mean, thankfully, this thing crumbled. Uh, but they want their word to be the truth, right? And their word is usually not the truth. They have lied about virtually everything. Do we have to go through the two years of COVID, right, and science and all that? But speaking of the two years of COVID and science, uh, remember when Anthony Fauci said an attack on him is an attack on the truth. It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science, because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people and there was pushback against me. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. And anybody that looks at what's going on clearly sees that. You have to be asleep not to see that. That is what's going on. Science and the truth are being attacked. He is the truth. He is science. Now, let's see if any of that's true. I made a couple notes while he was talking there. He says all things that I spoke about, that these were, these were the true things that he spoke about. And they were inconvenient for some people, but they're true. Well, actually, uh, lockdowns, which he was for, it turns out they don't work. And there was actually no data to even ever prove that they could possibly work. And they've also led to all sorts of secondary problems. You guys know it between depression and alcoholism and all sorts of health problems because people didn't get out and vitamin D deficiency and all that. Uh, masks, 
We know that masks didn't work, right? They just simply do not work. And it was obvious from the beginning. You put on one of these crappy masks, you've got air coming out this way, air coming out this way. People literally couldn't hear you when you're talking the mask. So that was my favorite one. When everyone, you'd be talking to somebody, you're both in masks, they can't hear you, you're mumbled. You take the mask down to, to talk to them. That was always a good one. He lied about that. Uh, he lied about kids in school uh, because he was all for closing down the school and pretending that kids were all gonna die of COVID and that just never happened. He also lied and he said that vaccines work and vaccines do not work. As you know, they basically redefined the definition of vaccines and now they're telling us just yesterday, they started telling us that they want it to basically be like the flu shot where you'll just get a COVID-19 vaccine every year. So they lie about everything and they do it under the auspices of big tech that promotes their lies. But if you expose their lies, you will be taken out. And this is a giant collusion between Zuckerberg and Fauci and this administration and a whole bunch more people. We'll get to that in just a sec. Real quick, guys, are you watching on the blaze? You should be, because as you guys know, I was gone in August and Larry Elder gave me a rundown of all that happened when I was away and it was a ton. Was I surprised to hear that Zuckerberg helped the FBI, aka the government manage the Hunter Biden laptop story? No, not really. Were you? Was I surprised to hear Gavin Newsom is continuing to destroy California with near laughable measures? No, not really, were you? Think of MSNBC like California and Blaze TV like Florida or Texas. You'd have to be crazy to believe California will see and admit to the error of their ways. For the same reasons, you'd have to be crazy to think MSNBC will ever be fair and report news without a rabid left-wing agenda. That's why Blaze TV matters. It's the media network for Americans who actually love the country is founded. It's where people can say what needs to be said without the fear of censorship. You know how strongly I believe in free speech. Blaze TV supports free speech the way the founding fathers intended. So this week and this week only, Blaze TV is offering a $20 discount off the first year of your Blaze TV subscription. We're heading into the midterms. You're gonna want, a new, you're gonna want news from a network that isn't run by Democrats or the spouses of Democrats. Use promo code RUBIN20 for $20 off your first year subscription to Blaze TV. It's time to normalize free speech. Okay, we've been putting quite a puzzle together on this uh, program today. I think you're seeing that big tech and big government are all for censoring people. And it's not just censoring mean, scary people who happen to be orange or are named Alex Jones. It's, it's anyone, right? This Andrew Tate story, it's anyone who's just saying something that might put a little power back into your hand. That's what they are going for. Well, how long has this been going on? Well, this is, this is really extraordinary. The Daily Caller, uh, got some info here on the close relationship between Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook and Dr. Anthony Fauci, Mr. Science. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg gave Dr. Anthony Fauci his personal cell phone number in March of 2020 before Facebook began censoring alleged misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic, new court documents reveal. Documents revealed during the discovery had shed new light on the Biden administration's role in social media censorship during the pandemic. Zuckerberg's move to give Fauci his phone number demonstrated the intention to have further communications, according to the plaintiffs in a suit against President Joe Biden regarding censorship of information during the pandemic. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg gave Anthony Fauci his personal cell, no cell in uh, March 2020 before Facebook began censoring alleged misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic, new court documents reveal. So what's really fascinating about this, uh, we're gonna show you in just a second, is as you know, uh, over the last couple of weeks, Mark Zuckerberg went on Rogan. He went on Rogan and admitted that they censored things related to the Hunter Biden story. So do you think 
when he gave Fauci his number in March of 2020, that was the beginning of this whole thing. Do you think some texts were sent back and forth? Do you think he liked being buddies with the guy who is the truth? He is the truth, he is the science, and maybe started doing things on his platform that would make him and the government happy rather than doing what was truthful and honest? Well, in case you forgot how he uh, is a big fan of censorship, here is Zuckerberg on Rogan uh, talking about Hunter Biden. Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we had that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically the background here is the FBI, I think basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was, the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So. Our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It, it basically, the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely... By what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's meaningful. I mean, it's incredible. So distribution was decreased. At first, he says, uh, distribution was decreased. It was a little bit. Then he says it was meaningful at the end. So you could share it. You could share the Hunter Biden laptop story. But if you share it and no one's around to see it, have you shared it at all? If a tree falls in the forest, you get it. You see what they did. So what he's saying, and he also says this thing, we don't want to, we don't want to be in charge of what's true and false. So we go to third party fact checkers. Well, surprise, surprise, all of their third party fact checkers, fact fuckers are, uh, they're all, we know this, they're all left-wing activist organizations, right? They're not going to anyone right-leaning to ask what a fact is or isn't. So they're telling you, they're, oh, we don't censor. We let you post things. We just don't let people see it, right? And this is what shadow banning is. This is on Twitter when you know, right? I used to be able to tweet out. I could put a picture. I, you know, I could put a picture of Alf and a emoji of a banana, and it would get ten thousand retweets. And now people just don't see the tweets anymore. So they haven't censored me. I'm still tweeting. There's just nobody there to see it. So why does this all matter? Okay, so let's try to bring this thing full circle. There are more and more people seeing it. Rogan and his audience are getting it. You guys are getting it. There are more platforms out there, whether it's Rumble or it's Locals. We're all realizing that they are, they are censoring us, that they are recommending videos to change our opinions. They're not letting us see things. Like it's, hu it's a huge thing. Like, like we're, we are in this cave with this limited information. And if we would just walk outside, I think we would see much more. Uh, but what do they try to do to you if you dare talk about these things. Well, for some people like Andrew Tate, they'll kick you off all the platforms. 
Uh, for other people like Rogan, uh, they will do their best to kick you off, but in his case, he's almost too big to be kicked off. Like it actually might be the one that breaks the camel's back. You guys remember this back in February 22. Remember there was that two week stretch where everybody was saying Joe Rogan was a racist because a bunch of left-wing activists selectively edited videos of him saying the N-word, even though he was never saying in a pejorative manner to make it seem like he was a racist. Well, then what happened? The mainstream media, because the mainstream media is in on it with big tech and with the government. What did they do? Well, they churn up the hate to see if they could get Joe Rogan fired. Here is now fired CNN anchor, Brian Stelter, and soon to be fired CNN correspondent, Jim Acosta, uh, talking about why Rogan should be censored. The video is an edited compilation of different podcast episodes. Brian, uh, what is Joe Rogan now saying? He is now apologizing, and we're going to find out if that's enough for Spotify, the company that has an exclusive distribution deal with him. Jim, this is all coming to light because of the recent controversy about anti-vaccine rhetoric on Rogan's podcast. Some artists uh, decided to quit the service. One of them, India Ari, pointed out this video, this compilation video, and, and pointed out that the language Rogan has used around race in the past is just as or maybe even more problematic than his rhetoric about vaccines. That would be enough to put anybody out of a job. I mean, to me, I, it, it's, it seems untenable to have that kind of video surface, that kind of compilation surface, and keep one's job. Okay, so it's actually great watching that video now, and of course that was from a few months ago, now knowing that Stelter has since been fired because nobody was listening to him and nobody trusted him. But do you see what they were doing there? That was a mainstream news organization, in essence doing a segment for one purpose. And the one purpose was to get Joe Rogan fired because more people are paying attention to Joe Rogan than they are paying attention to those two clowns. What Acosta said there at the end, anyone should have been fired for this and he's talking about this N-word thing. Rogan never said the N-word to be racist. But of course, you get all the cowards of the universe come out against him. You, Andrew Yang, real brave guy that one is, he tweeted support of Rogan after that, saying he's not racist. Then a few weirdos on Twitter went after Yang and then he deleted it. I mean, it's just so incredible how people respond to this, uh, to this mob. Uh, but in essence, they were doing that not because they are anti-racist and not because they were, uh, even because they were pro-vaccine. What they are is pro their monopoly on information. So big tech wants a monopoly on information. The government wants a monopoly on information. The media wants a monopoly on information. And all of us, those of us that speak freely and try to work things through and understand that things are messy on the sides and you're not just supposed to listen to the man just because he tells you something, uh, we are the threats to those things. Now, what's interesting about this is that although they tried to get Rogan kicked off Spotify, that did not work. Uh, although Spotify does have a bit of a spotty record, no pun intended, when it comes to free speech. This is uh, from MS, uh, This is from NBC uh, when when uh, Rogan did not get the boot fully. Spotify CEO Daniel Elk sent a letter to company employees Sunday apologizing for the controversy surrounding Joe Rogan, but also backing the podcaster say he did not believe that silencing Joe is the answer. The company was reported to have taken down about 70 episodes of the Joe Rogan experience over the weekend. On Saturday, Rogan publicly apologizes, apologized for instances when he used the N-word in past podcasts. In a letter to Spotify employees, which a company spokesperson sent to NBC News, X said the comments Rogan made in past podcasts do not represent the values of this company. Eck wrote that Spotify has been talking to Rogan and his team about some of the content on his show, including his history of using some racially, uh, racially insensitive language. 
Following these discussions and his own reflections, he chose to remove a number of episodes from Spotify, X said. He also issued his own apology over the weekend. So what's interesting about this is before Rogan signed the deal, and it's, it's a couple hundred million bucks, it's a lot of money, and then he left Cali because he didn't want to pay taxes on that. Good move, dude. Um, he, they had immediately taken off some episodes before all this happened. When the catalog moved from YouTube to Spotify, they had already taken off some. Now they're saying that Rogan was willing to take those off. But the point is, and this is why linking this back to where we started on the show, this video of him from a couple days ago where he's talking about how Rumble isn't gonna censor, it's like, it's obvious that any of, Spotify is not ultimately going to stand with him. YouTube is not ultimately going to stand with me. Uh, Twitter is not ultimately going to stand with Jordan Peterson. And none of these things are really in it for you. They're in it for you as long as you give them your attention, your eyeballs, the clicks, and all of those things. So now let's really tie a nice, I think we've tied quite a little package here, but really let's tighten the knot on this one. How does uh, censorship work? Well, here's Joe Rogan. You made a really good point. You said, the thing is, if you censor yourself just 1%, you say, I'll just censor myself 1%. That's what they want. I'm going to make them happy. And then they're just going to keep moving it. They're just going to keep moving it forward. Moving, moving the goalposts. Moving the goalposts and providing you with more money and giving you more things, but keep moving it in a certain direction. And if you keep giving into it, they're going to have a hold of you. Now, what's interesting, he's talking to Alex Jones there. Could you hear Alex Jones' gruffness on the side? Uh, but his point is, if you give in a little bit, they'll give you more, and then you'll just keep going. Now, he, got, he gave in a little bit and got a lot of money, uh, but to his credit, so this is not an attack on Joe Rogan, he's still talking about censorship now. He's talking about the importance of, of Rumble and these alternative platforms. So he does still get it, right? Like, so, so you can... We all do things. We all have pressures. We all want to make some money. We all have families. We all have a life we want to live. So it, it's just interesting that we're all in this game. Uh, and then this video, which we've shown you a couple times, I, I really just love this one because it's the, it's the ever encroaching uh, move of censorship. It's, they don't do it overnight. None of these bad things happen overnight. And that's why I showed you the Jordan Peterson video from six years ago. It's like, we don't forget where we were. Because that's how, if you, if you know that, then maybe you could look to the future and see where we're headed. Uh, Jordan's been warning about it for a long time. Just don't understand how it gets to the point well, where... Well, th things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time. You know, if I encroach, I, if I encroach on you and I'm sophisticated about it, I'm going to encroach two millimeters. I'm going to encroach right to the point where you start, start to protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. Then you're going to calm down. Then I'm going to encroach again right to the point where you protest, then I'm going to stop, then I'm going to wait. And I'm just going to do that forever. And before you know it, you're going to be back three miles from where you started, and you'll have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how'd I get here? And the answer was, well, I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone, and you agreed. And so then I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone again, and you agreed. And if anybody's interested in this sort of process, and this is a horrifying book, if you want to read about how this process works, you can read a book called Ordinary Men. Well, so who's guilty here, right? I would say that we all need only look in a mirror, and it's all of us, right? When they took out Alex Jones, whether you thought Alex Jones was a good guy or a nutbag or anything else, um, they saw, oh, we pushed these people, but nobody really did anything, right? Then they took out the sitting president of the United States. You'd think that that might be enough, but they pushed us and most of us just stayed on these platforms. Well, now there are answers, right? Now there is rumble. Now there are, is locals. 
there are some answers coming, but they are going to keep moving. Uh, and I would love to, uh, you know, I always tell you guys, I don't really look in the YouTube comments because I'm focused on locals and, you know, I just have a limited amount of time during the day, but I know people are not, you're clicking subscribe on our videos, you're clicking the notification bell, and I know you're not seeing it. I know the recommended videos are a mess, all of those things. I know you're not seeing my tweets. I, would, I will read the comments on today's live stream. Uh, and I would love people to just share your thoughts on what's going on here. What are you seeing and not seeing and everything else? Uh, but fortunately, um, I am not someone that just talks about these things. I actually do some things. Uh, that's why I built Locals. That's why we merged with Rumble. I hope you will watch these live streams. Instead of many of you are still watching on, on YouTube, obviously most of you are, but I hope you'll go over to rumble.com slash Ruben Report and subscribe there and you will actually see our videos and there is no threat of censorship or anything else. Okay, let's get to some comments and then we got a great cold close for you. Uh, EK says, how does Dave get his hair to perfectly swoop like that? That is the perfect swoop. Uh, a little, uh, could have could have got that part in a little bit better over there. Uh, there are there are two hairsprays that are involved uh, and uh, there is, I'm fairly certain that my insides are being preserved by whatever chemical is in the hairspray because if I do it at the right time of day, I can see the amount of stuff that's just floating around me. It can't be, can't be great for you, but I try to drink enough water to get it out of my system. But I use a dry texturizing spray that gives it the lift, then a little super fine hairspray just to lightly keep it uh, in place. Uh, Patriot says, I wanna see Dave wearing Raycons and walking an iguana. We, you know what? I will try, Daphne, we will, okay, we're gonna get out to the backyard and see if we can make that happen because we got a lot of iguanas out there. Actually, my one problem in Florida at the moment, I don't know if you guys have seen this, I got a lot of iguana poop around the pool. The iguanas, I think, are taking dips at night with the frogs and they, they poop right on the ledge of the pool. So I'm constantly cleaning up iguana poop. But I guess that is the price you have to pay for freedom uh, compared to, say, California, where uh, people don't have electricity. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, America Mom says, is Rumble public yet? I really want to put my money where my mouth is. I would recommend you just uh, Google uh, CFVI uh, and their, their SPAC is uh, changing. I, I don't know how much I can get into it here, uh, but uh, check, take a look at that. Um, part one of my interview with Jared Kushner is up on Rumble and it is also on Locals, at least, or it is also on YouTube, at least for now. The full thing is up ad-free on Locals. And finally, we have a cold close for you that's sort of unrelated to the show today, but I just thought it was funny. Have a nice day. You know how much? You know how much I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? You know how much I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? How much I'm gonna do with the deficit? I'm gonna do with the deficit. One trillion five hundred thousand. You know how much I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? I'm gonna do with the deficit this year? How much I'm gonna do with the deficit? Thank you guys for tuning in to the Ruben Report direct message.